1: everybody welcome to big blend radios toast of the arts and parks show we do this every first friday uh, in partnership with the national parks arts foundation and we love the national parks uh, arts foundation we call them npaf they put together these amazing artist residencies in parks across the country places like hawaii volcanoes national park dry tortugas where you can stay on your own your own island like really your own island for a month I want my own play, island. um but there's i know there's places like gettysburg there's places uh like chaco canyon uh aztec ruins um, and then there's also Fort Union up in northern uh, New Mexico, Fort Union National Monument. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We have a photographer, Jim Schlett, back on the show. Jim has traveled all over the country doing national park artist residencies and other parks, not always a national park. And he's done a few with the National Parks Arts Foundation. And the first time he came on the show uh, was about his oh, Gettysburg yeah. experience and then telling us also about... Um, becoming a residency, like how to become a resident, not a residency, but becoming an artist in residence. Um, And then he also uh, was back on our reunion show last year. And he's back today to talk about his recent uh, adventures in Fort Union, what we all call Fort Wendy. So welcome back, Jim. How
2: are you? I am great. Uh, Thank you very much for having me again. And you are correct. Fort Union is also known as Fort Wendy, Uh, much to our shock that it was that strong and that ongoing of literally every day we had there uh the rangers were telling us this is probably the windiest year we've had in five or six years oh oh wow, wow. we
1: were there two years ago i think nancy we met lorenzo mm-hmm. lorenzo's been on our show he's a superintendent um he's been you know on our show for over the years and we, we finally got to meet him which was awesome but like we got out of the car and it's like you, you can, it, the, the door is either going to open for you or close on you because of the wind. Yeah,
2: yeah. Mm. For, for sure, my wife had that problem a couple of times when the door just really whipped open. Yeah. Wow.
1: wow. Mm what was it like for you? And I want everyone to know your website too. It's photomanva.zenfolio.com. And Jim is also on Facebook and Instagram. Follow him there because he posts so many amazing photos every day. I get excited. I'm like, there he is. He's at it again. Um, And I know you've done some adventures in New Mexico before, but you know, when we first connected with you, we were talking about uh, Gettysburg and I know you've been to a lot of the battlefields in the east, and Nancy and I, mm. um, since we first talked to you, have now experienced a lot of those battlefields mm-hmm. and places like Harper's Ferry, which I know you've been to as well, and photographed. In fact, I know I I, I went places. I'm like Jim was here. We're standing in his footsteps. <laughs> um, but there's a difference to me in the battlefields and places, you know, military, uh, you know, national monuments like Fort Union. And the battlefields in the east, don't you feel like it's like even some of the same wars were fought, but in a different way?
2: Um, Yes. But it's different, isn't it? Yeah, it's very different east side of the country versus west side with the historical battlefield sites. Um, In fact, the the more we talked to the rangers about that fort, um, it was obvious there was just minor... Relatively speaking, minor fighting uh, in the Civil War there. But what I, s- surprised me was how tied in that fort was with being a supply center to, I think Lorenzo told me, 46 other military installations in the Southwest. And it was a wow. huge stopover point for the Santa Fe Trail. And uh, I had gotten very interested in the Santa Fe Trail back in 2021 when I was in Capulon. Uh, volcano park which is on the north about two hours north of, of fort union and part of the santa fe trail ran through that area too so to see this fort that became a huge supply center for the santa fe trail people was just pretty amazing especially when you walk around there early morning and late evening when the sun is setting that you know i know it sounds crazy but you can almost envision those huge mm-hmm. wagon trains rolling through there yeah. to get supplies and, and what activity must have been going on in the fort at that time.
1: Mm-hmm. And they have those trails and they mark them. Like this is where it right. went through. And it it wasn't, is it because there was like the, there were different, the fort was rebuilt like two or three times. Cause there's like different stages when you tour the fort itself, there's different stages but I don't care what stage you were in of it of what you know whatever year the new fort was rebuilt or built um it didn't look comfortable to me i don't no. think i wanted it's you know you, it's pretty basic yeah you didn't want to go to hospital and you
2: did not want to go to jail no. when
1: no. you're there
0: oh no yes
2: for sure but i will tell you this when we did did one of the private tours with ranger mike he was telling us at some point that that hospital was the largest hospital for 500 miles. Um, wow. In the Santa Fe. And not only did they take the military people, they would take civilians too. And he said huh. there was a span of 15 or 16 years that out of like three or 4,000 patients, only seven or eight died, which is pretty wow. remarkable time period and medicine yeah. compared to what, Know today that it was considered oh. like sort of state of the art. Wow, I
0: mean yeah. that is that's a really low low figure for patient deaths, especially but, back then.
2: Yes, it really was. And when you look at it now, which is basically those ruins, and see the pictures of what it actually looked like back in the eighteen sixties and seventies, you know it's hard to believe those ruins that are left today were that really nice-looking set of buildings that, you know, a lot of pioneers couldn't wait to get to when they stopped there on the Santa Fe Trail for whatever ailed them. Mm. And it was Ada, very because, fascinating to see that aspect.
1: Yeah, you know, because mm. the Southwest is not exactly the most hospitable part of the country in regards to the terrain and the northern New Mexico area. I mean, it's beautiful, and you have what I like is it isn't what you expect, right, of northern New Mexico, and because it's a little different, you've got prairie land there, which is something people yeah. don't expect, and an antelope, and you know, yet at the same time, you do have cactus, and you do, you know, it's got it's kind of an interesting area where everything kind of connected, and and I think the fort was there because there is a water source. We didn't get to the water source, but
2: um, I don't think there's water in it now. But, or is yes. there? There, there? Yeah, there actually is just outside the fort on some of the ranches. The, that's where the water supply basically was and still is today, because we actually had a number of geese coming in and out of the, that area oh. while we were there. Oh. Um, so, And that was one of the reasons, like you said, they did pick that, because it was fairly close to a water source there. Um, And, you know, it was in a great value to all of those pioneers and the rest of the Union forts in the Southwest because of that location. And the only reason eventually it winds up closing down is because as the railroad expands closer and closer to the city of Santa Fe itself, there's no longer any need for wagon trains anymore. So. And once that mm-hmm. happened, you know, within a few years, they wind up shutting down and abandoning the fort.
1: Right, That's
0: a shame. You would yeah. think somebody would, like, make a hotel or
2: something.
1: <laughs> uh, right. Well, yeah. eventually down the road, I think things like that started to happen. But, you know, when you talk about the Santa Fe Trail, Nancy and I have been on different portions of it, um, like in Santa Fe itself, down at the plaza, and, and then there's other park sites um, throughout Santa Fe. Um, on the Santa Fe Trail and then we've done it um Kansas we've been on the Santa mm-hmm. Fe Trail in Kansas and some of the the ruts I mean again mm-hmm. it's like this open land and you're going like these people were just out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. I mean absolutely you know, I've driven Kansas. you are out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> but they have the best flat. sunrises and sunsets they really do have amazing sunrises and but sunsets. It's, but- it's so flat
0: compared. Mm-hmm to other
2: parts yes, it, of the country. Yes, it, it certainly is flat. And what's very interesting we found with and we drove down from Denver to get there is when you're on those plains, you know, Port Union is at sixty seven hundred feet above sea level and it's perfectly oh. level there, which it's hard to comprehend you're that high above sea level. Um, Yeah. And that was an issue with a lot of pioneers, too, of going from the east to the west of the altitude changes that a lot of them weren't even aware when they're in the plains or that high above, you know, what they had come from on the east side of the country. Oh, yeah. And And,
1: and no humidity.
2: Yes, no humidity whatsoever. Uh, That was a comment by some of the rangers who have relocated from the east coast about what a difference that issue is no humidity and a really limited amount of rain in that area Mm. Hmm.
1: however Ah. you got your photos of the snow i mean i was i was loving your time there and we were in snow while you were there and we were in a lot more snow so i felt like okay i know you were cold and that was not what you expected right to actually get snow at the fort but the It has those colors, like if you're in Sequoia National Park, that red, cinnamon red bark of a Sequoia tree, and then you get snow is just like, yes, Yes, it's delicious, right? And then you had that same thing, that same coloring at the fort, blue sky, here's the fort, this adobe red, Play Fort mm-hmm. and
2: Snow—it's magic,
1: man. Yeah, awesome photos yes. from there.
2: And that's the, that's the way we felt. Tanya had actually warned me about how cold it could be, but she had not mentioned the possibility of snow. And we did have two um snowstorms that only lasted for about an hour. They dropped about two inches of snow on the ground each time. And as soon as it started snowing. You know, we left the apartment, and we got back up into the fort, and and it was cold, and the second storm was extremely windy coming down at the same time, mm-hmm. and it was about, I want to say, 18 degrees, so mm-hmm. we wow. lasted about an hour out there taking pictures. not bad.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. But you're right about the
2: colors, too. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your photos are beautiful, you know, just... Oh, we love following mm-hmm. your photos, period. You know, and your adventures, your park adventures. But I mean, to me, it's just you, New Mexico. And I know, like, you, you've you done other parks in New Mexico, but, like, the colors change. I mean, you could go down the road an hour and the colors are different again,
2: except for the blue yes, sky absolutely. States. That is yeah. one of the mm-hmm. things that is very, very attractive to me about New Mexico is that the colors, like mm-hmm. you say, of... Uh, not only the landscapes, but the adobe buildings, and if you get Mm -hmm. the right blue skies with the, you know, the really brilliant Ansel Adams clouds, I mean, I could spend, you know, months out there doing that stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure, because it's just so amazingly different every time you look at it. I mean, even as the sun goes down, if you watch the same place for a whole day, which I mean, who has time to do that? But if you watch the same place a whole day, it's amazing how much it changes.
2: Mm. Right. And I think some of the rangers were surprised how many times we walked that fort early morning. And because most mornings I was up at, you know, 45 minutes before sunrise. I'd get up there Mm. to the fort itself, 30 minutes before sunrise, walk the entire fort, stick around Mm. for an hour. We do some other stuff during the day, and we repeat the same things that evening. of uh, Doing mm. the same walk around with the sunset to see the different effects of the light and yeah. the colors and the sky, and it, mm-hmm. every night was slight and every morning and day it was slightly different. And I can't say I regretted saying, "Boy, I wish I would have slept a couple extra hours that morning instead of taking pictures." Yeah, right.
1: Uh- <laughs> yeah, but I think, but I think this is the beauty. Of these artist residencies that MPIF does mm-hmm. because it's a full month, and so much can change depending on the especially like on seasonally, right? And so you got to have yes. weather. Um, some people get to have lava <laughs> and Hawaii yes. Cases Park, it could happen, right? So you get right. to have right. all these different experiences, but be able to truly immerse yourself where others, it's like you have a week, you better do everything you possibly can. And and I think sometimes when you become rushed, like photography takes time. It's even mm-hmm. if it's
2: digital, you you don't just go click, 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 click. There's mm-hmm. more to right. it. Right. And that, that's okay. one of the great things about it, like you said, is the four weeks rather than two, because not only do you have thirty days from beginning to end of the waiting changes, the sunrise time changes. Mm-hmm. We started to see all sort of signs of when we first got there, there was nothing on any of the trees. By the time we left, they were all starting to get their buds for the, the greening and the leaves coming out. And, mm. you know, it sort of put everything in the perspective for us. I said, look how much that's changed already. And one of the rangers again was telling us, it probably would have changed even more if we didn't have those two snow days and it got so cold. So mm. yeah. you're right about that perspective
1: of uh, the, the 30 days makes a big difference mm. and so, and then what about your connection with the rangers i know on previous shows you've talked about this too with us is it's not just getting out there and doing your own thing it's you know kind of being able to get in some of the archives when you're in a park and really dig yes. into some of the history that's not always on display and kind of bending the ear of a park ranger because you're there all day and they're there. And it's a smaller park, you know, in regards yes. to the experience. So um, it's not like if you're in Yosemite, that's a, you know, that's hectic compared, you know, not right. hectic. Of, you know what uh, I yeah. mean? You, you have time with these yeah. rangers to learn so much more.
2: Yes. And because I'm such a history buff, that means as much to me as the actual taking of the pictures. Mm. And in this case, Mm -hmm. we met a fellow by the name of uh, Ranger Mike Weinstein, who's been there for about six years, who brought me down to their library, which I was surprised they had a Mm -hmm. library. And for a small fort, uh, national monument, their library is so extensive about the fort, the Southwest Indians the Union troops, the Civil War, everything that took place there. And, and you know, let me borrow some books out. And I was reading them as we spent the whole time there. Uh, And when you're with the Rangers, you wind up, in my case, I feel like we create a real good bond because of the history aspects. Mm -hmm. And I generally offer at each park, you guys need any special pictures while I'm here? Let me know what they are, and I'll try to make mm. an effort. And we always wind up taking pictures of as many of the rangers or the maintenance people that we can, just okay. so we mm-hmm. have that for reference because I keep a diary. And I took pictures of all the rangers, and they've already started using them. <laughs> um, each day for the last two or three days, they've posted one of the pictures I took of the rangers where he introduces himself on Facebook, gives you his background, and um you know what he does at that park where else he's been and my wife is looking at him this morning and she said that's amazing that you just did this for them and they're already using them to you yes. know spread the word about that park
1: yeah and to get to know the rangers that is an inspiration for you know the youth to get involved and become rangers right it's kind of that right. and and for people to understand being stewardship like a stewardship of the land goes with history, right? Because oh, stuff happened absolutely. on that land. And yeah, the park but... rangers, they're the rock stars of the park. I mean, you cannot go in a park like, you know, when we go and we often are with the public affairs uh, people who will take us and show us certain things. And they're like, yay, we can get out of the office today. Let's go. Right. And there's, you can't, you can't go anywhere without them being stopped 10 times by, you know, the visitors to the park. It's like, they have the hats. Right. They have the uniform and everybody's like, we want to talk to a ranger. And <laughs> we're like, no, exactly. no, there are our ranger today, not yours. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. But right. you know what I mean? It's They are fountains yes. um, of knowledge and they become so
0: mm-hmm.
1: connected to the park,
2: like true, true stewards and interpreters. Yes. Yeah. yes. And, and when yeah. we've talked to them and met with a lot of them at this park and others, you can tell that this really, for at least mm-hmm. most of the ones we've ever talked to, it's, it's not a job. It, it's no, it's a passion. It, uh, yeah, it really... It's a they passion. Have, they, uh, they have mm. such a connection with that, that despite some of the hardships they may have, and some of these people have relocated like six or seven times in mm. their career at their own expenses just to go to a different park. Mm. Wow.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I know a lot of rangers have done that, and, and they, they'll go even not just um NPS but they'll go through wildlife refuges they'll go be part of the forest service it's it is that passion and then you know and it doesn't matter if it's a state park they'll relocate and like one our one friend she just she she goes from firefighting to public affairs to um you know doing like a visitor center to you know uh-huh. all these different and she wants to because she's like I want to be I I want to do all the roles that I possibly yeah. can. I know eventually she's gonna right. end up being superintendent. You know, I know, she, I know <laughs> what she's doing. I wouldn't know what it, she's doing, it, you go girl.
0: I <laughs> know, you go. Um, you know what would be cool is if the Rangers could dress up in period costume to match the place where they are
1: mm-hmm. and be
0: part of like part of the photos where you can see the people as well as the place. Yes. I would love that In fact, I would love
2: uh, that I think there's some of the Rangers when they do some historical events at Fort Union are in fact uh-huh. uh, at least we were told we didn't see pictures but they they do dress up the period especially oh, they cool. get a huge charge out of being able to fire the cannon
0: oh cool yeah. Let's oh, see
2: that time. I, I awesome.
1: did. Um, <laughs> I filmed a civil war reenactment hmm Love that. Which I think actually all Civil War reenactments should sh- show more than that part of it. I think there's a lot more yeah. behind the Civil War than what happens at these reenactments. And I'm very pro the reenactments so people mm-hmm. can understand, like, how people marched up and shot each other. Like, literally, hello, hi, I'm coming right. up and I'm yeah. just going to shoot you. And one of us is going down first. I mean, that well, takes some serious bravery, right? And courage. Well, like, and- yeah.
0: It's like Santa Fe with his army and they all just walked in a straight line row after yeah. row after yeah. row being
1: That's shot insane. at. I'm like how nuts You're is nuts. that? It's not, but We're the actually, cannons right. I filmed the cannons and everybody is like just be prepared and I swear I I mean like your tripod shapes. I mean that Yes. It the cannon thing I mean you can prepare yourself and I knew it's coming. Everybody <laughs> could see it was going to happen and I was trying to video and not just do stills and I swear to God, everything moved and I jumped every single time. There was no way I could sit through a cannon thing no matter what. And it really, like it shakes you to the core. So when you go to these battlefields, don't, I mean, Manassas, you've done Manassas. um, Mm -hmm. There's a one, I was going to say, Monocacy, have you, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Have you been there? Monocacy? Yeah. Monocacy? In those big
2: barns where, in the farms? Monocacy. Monocacy. Yeah. Monocacy. Yes, yeah. We, yeah, we've been there a couple of times. That's you know slightly south of Gettysburg, and well, we visited well, that yeah. on the way back and forth several times.
1: Wow! And when you see those those, you know, when you think about I, that that park you know, and it's spread out because it's in all these farmlands, and it was different right. sites during the war, and the one just it just one area was heavy on slavery, which is something that I think. I'd like to see more of in reenactments for people that understand slavery a little bit more, Um, because there's even slavery happening today um, in Mm. different ways. But Mm. when we were there, there was this farmhouse. And they're explaining Mm. like the mother would hold the kids and take them down, far down as possible. The Civil War is being fought right on their farmland, where you go out in the morning and feed your ducks and chickens and everything. Here yeah. they are blowing each other up with cannons. How do you, with that sound, and then the next morning you mm-hmm. get up and there's dead bodies throughout your farm. Yeah. How do well, you- It's like you're,
0: you front lawn, you know?
1: It's not like you can get in a car and leave, right? It's not like yeah, we yeah. have an evacuation route for the Civil War. So how those right. farm sure. women and mothers and their kids- mm-hmm. I, I it, it, That's why these parks are so- so so important and then i think like mm-hmm. where you were fort union you had so many several eras of history and like you're saying the native american culture like hello we're coming in and building a fort and half of it was because everyone's scared of the indians which half of the time in the southwest actually didn't do as much as what people think and what they thought mm-hmm. depending on where you what there, every fort's different depends. um it depends what? yeah it depends but um you know, when you just go back to who were the people there before it happened, what was the land Yeah,
2: for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, basically, oh, the whole, all of the, the Oregon Trail, the California Trail, and the, the mm-hmm. Santa Fe Trail. Basically, you know, we just sort of moved straight through all those Indian lands and didn't mm-hmm. give them a whole lot of consideration about you know it it you know in a sense. They didn't view land the same way we do, but it was their land, their hunting grounds, their villages, right. and they just kind of mm-hmm. got swept
0: away. Hmm. Well, special special areas that were sacred to them, you know, we just march over it. Yeah, you know, right. Don't know, right. Don't, right. Don't know. Don't care. You know, and it, it's it's really interesting what people do to each other. You know, yeah. and for what reasons? It it is an interesting thing that's what makes history so fascinating you know is what we have done to each other and continue to do
2: right and and that fort, you i mean there's so many various aspects of the history ties they have that you can mm-hmm. sort of really get a picture on what was going on in america in the southwest at that time mm-hmm. to see all these stories get woven together and you know you to believe like Where are we going in the future, too? And it's a good thing they're Mm -hmm. there to remind us of, you know, here's what really did happen at some of these sites.
0: Yeah. And without modern conveniences, we kind of forget like you can go with your cell phone and take a photo, you know, or you can go with a camera and take a photo. But back then, somebody had to sit and draw it and paint it.
2: Right
1: you know so they hit you know it's but they did take photos they did take photos yeah but depending on on the time frame but that's also something uh, where i mean it took so much longer with those you know those box cameras and like Mm -hmm. if you think about that like they i mean is that something that was interesting to you at Fort union did you get to see because when we were there it was at the right in the middle of the pandemic and right. you couldn't go in the visitor center and i think they were renovating
2: the visitor center too and creating a new yes they, they were one and it just, mm-hmm. it just reopened and it is uh, just a beautiful brand new interior visitor center that covers literally cool. almost every aspect that we've just talked about from the american cool. indians to people on the you know the santa fe trail uh, one of the interesting things we we're talking about modern conveniences you know, we can drive in a car for eight or nine hours and do six, 700 miles. They said yeah. the wagon train on a day would make about eight to 10 miles a day on a good oh. day. <laughs>
1: wow. <laughs> can you imagine? Start walking, yeah. Well, didn't, no, yeah. weren't there also Buffalo soldiers there or am I thinking of
2: a different park?
1: I no, something. you are.
2: There were, yes, the Buffalo Soldiers were there, too, um, and they have a small display uh, in inside the museum now about the Buffalo mm. Soldiers as well. Mm. So they, they really covered a lot, and they're very proud of how good that visitor center and in the, in the interior now looks with their renovations. Um, very cool. And they've really picked up speed, I think, after all the slowdown of the pandemic. Mm, that's
1: exciting well they're in a good area they're near Las Vegas New Mexico Mm -hmm. which um, architecturally is a fascinating fascinating place and so I think um, for history lovers this is an area uh, to go go to the plaza in Las Vegas and go uh, go to the park and connect it all because it's kind of like it's almost like it's like the pioneers and settlers after the after the fort Mm -hmm. went to
2: Las Vegas
1: in a way That's right.
2: In fact, we did spend a a good amount of time in Las Vegas to pick up our supplies. We got to meet some local people. I wound up going into one of the art galleries and then eventually giving an art talk uh, towards the end of the program about what the Artist in resident program is. And we met the president of the Art League, and his name is Richard Lindenberg, who worked for the Department of Forestry, the IRS. And the there's another national agency he worked for as a speechwriter. And what he told us was an incredible story that as a very young boy, he was at the opening day ceremonies for Fort Union in the 1950s. Oh, Wow. That's yeah, incredible. it was really incredible, yeah, to, to realize that he was actually, he goes, now, I don't remember the speeches, but I remember a lot of other stuff that went on that day at the fort, and nobody at the fort knew who he was, and they said, perhaps we should get together with him and do an interview and put it on our website.
1: Yeah, exactly, yeah, you know, get that, get those it's... in-person stories while you can, I mean, that's kind of how, right well, now, it's like, it's the race to get all the stories of World War II, you know? but interesting
0: last name Mm -hmm. interesting last name you know it's like if you followed his family history
1: i wonder if he's
2: related to the lindenburgs yeah
0: exactly Mm
2: -hmm. it's not spelled that it's not spelled that way he's actually his father was a professor at new mexico uh university in las vegas uh he moved around the country several times with the federal agencies and he you know, the time we talked to him at the art gallery had some fascinating stories that uh, I told him, you know, you ought to write a book about some of these things. Yeah,
1: I bet. I bet. Mm. Well, yeah, you know, um, re- interviewing retired rangers, I don't care yeah. what back what park service it is or forest service, they're fascinating. I mean, they can tell you, mm-hmm. you know, we, we did um, an interview with a husband-wife couple who are both rangers, and he was a superintendent. Yosemite, lava beds, um, all kinds of park, like major parks. And um, we got to some of the parks you he, he want, he was like, you have to go to these remote ones, you must go, you know. Uh-huh. And um, he told stories about like, just not having the funding, and how they would make their own park signs, because they uh-huh. nobody was, there was no parks. There was at that point, we still didn't have as many of the friends groups, maybe. I think NPCA, the National Parks Conservation Association is I think the very first um, nonprofit in this country, if I'm not mistaken, actually uh-huh. actual nonprofit uh, protecting our parks for sure, and because um, they were part of the Park Service, and then Stephen Mather said, "Okay, we need people to now watch over what the government does with our parks," and so mm-hmm. that how, right. that's how that happens, so that, that funding yeah. happens, et cetera. And, and I'm not getting political about any of it. I'm just saying we got to you know protect our parks and. <laughs> That's why you go and that's part of this, you know, the beauty of the residency and what you're doing with photography, I think is so important oh, yeah. because it's not everybody in the world gets to go and yeah right, and I think you transfer over these feelings. So when you're photographing I mean you've got so many photos that give you the sense of feel of the terrain soft but rugged yeah. and hard and windy and I don't know photographing the wind in the wind is not the easiest thing it's just no it's hell it's hell and um, it it's like it's, it's it's hard you know what I mean
2: um yes and but, in fact there was a lot of days because the wind I mean they had told us some of the winds while we were there were up to 55 60 miles an hour But you were right about tripod too that the, the tripod <laughs> You know, my tripods that I have to carry on a plane are not the big heavy-duty box camera tripods, so I could almost feel that tripod was Mm. shifting and moving at the same time, so often it was just as easy for me to hand-hold the camera Mm -hmm. than it was to use the tripod. And you're right, Mm. some of the elements I've had people tell me, well, I certainly wouldn't get up at 5.30 in the morning to go photograph the possibility of a sunrise, and I said, you're missing out on a lot of good sunrises if you don't do that. <laughs> That's like, oh. I can't, I, that,
1: I don't understand. That uh-uh. that. I don't Especially get it. No. when you have this amazing opportunity to be there, uh-huh. and the wind is normally quite calmer at that point. There's these right. little window. there's certain, like right now, we're in April, and where we are in Texas, it's wind season, and the desert uh-huh. knows wind in spring. A- March, April, and uh, October, gets like that depending on where you are and we all know it's the wind time but there's these breaks and you know as soon as the wind is going to slow down and it's normally that that moment of dawn and when you're out there that's when you hear everything come to life at sunrise is it's like the world Mm -hmm. is waking up and you can stand out there and even in, in a desolate area that you're in there's birds. There's um, you mm-hmm. have a lot of bird life there. Actually, you have antelope yes. and elk, right? We so, did. Did, yeah, so they're all out talking. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that part of the joy too, is being at the dawn's chorus?
2: That's right. And and we, my wife and I, often discuss. We get to see stuff that most park mm-hmm. visitors, especially at like Fort Union, that doesn't actually open till about eight in the morning. They don't even have that opportunity. I had the Mm. same thing at Capulon Volcano where that closes at four. And we had the ability to still go to the top of the volcano at sunset and up there for night sky pictures that, you know, the ordinary visitor doesn't get that. These artist and resident (coughs) programs sure do. And the park people are great about giving you either special programs or special talks, you know. Some behind the scenes places that the average visitor wouldn't get to see mm. that. Hopefully I share some of that work with them when they they view my work. I've already started picking out some works for some exhibitions here in, in, in northern mm. Virginia over the next couple of months.
0: Oh, okay. but and your work is your work is going to inspire people to go to the park and inspire people to look at photography, painting, anything creative. Right. To express
1: what no, they no, feel. No, no. Right. Yeah, exactly. Because that's it. There's, you know, you and you get to go to these special places and there's, mm-hmm. listen, the residency, applying for the residency, there's, that's, you know, it's it's worth it. And you're not always yeah. going to get it, but then apply again. And Jim has spoken on this. We've got a you know, Q&A with you too on our mm-hmm. site, nationalparktraveling.com, where you just keep trying, but... Part of mm-hmm. why this process is so important is there's so much when you're doing mm-hmm. federal lands, mm-hmm. and permitting like you like most public can't go to some of the places you go to, but there's permitting, there's um park rangers that will maybe take you or you know what I mean because it's like yeah. if you go to a winery yeah. as a photographer, the winery unless you have permission first, they don't want you walking through the vineyards, you know what no, I mean? Right. And there's there's right. safety. There's don't touch the. Well, there's concerns. There's, yeah, yeah. It's concerns, and so, but safety for us, concerns. as viewers, we get to see something that we're not going to always get to see or even go at all. And right. I think that transcends. And you, you give, like I was saying, you give us this feel of the terrain. How mm. are you feeling about the people that were stationed there and living there over the right. years? Because there were a few women there too, I believe, that were yeah. also there. So when you went out photographing and then going through you know, the museum and the library, like you're saying, with the Visitor Center, excuse me, and seeing who was there because there's got to be photos, right? Um, and illustrations oh, yes. of who. I mean, did you feel yes, like
2: connected to them? We actually did, um, especially in the evenings when you'd walk around um, and you could, I know this sounds a little strange, but my analogy with those buildings that are deteriorating and, and they they were telling us how they bring these preservation crews in in the summer to restrengthen the walls and Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff was this aspect of um, how these people survived at that time. And the, the buildings in the late afternoon sun and dusk almost reminded me of sort of a Stonehenge kind of aspect to the park that this is what's left of a a whole group of 40 or 50 years of civilization in the American Southwest. And these are the remnants of that life, which is, you know, there's still a connection there with all of those people and their great, great, great grandchildren that are connected. And when we were in Las Vegas, we actually did meet a couple people who had a connection of somebody who had gone through that fort 150 years ago. Wow. Wow. That's cool.
0: That's way cool. That was cool. this this is what makes history come alive. Because I don't, I just think back to high school and and junior high school and such and thinking that history was really boring. And it really isn't. When you get to go out and experience a real part of history, your imagination gets a quick start, you know, if I can put it that way, where you can start to really think what it must have been like like we think in terms of what we have today but yeah. you know it's like oh you are member on the wagon train maybe you're walking beside a donkey maybe you get to right. ride a horse or you know it's totally totally different than how we live mm-hmm. today even even how did they, how did they iron their clothes how did they do this how mm-hmm. did they do that You know, and so we have all these modern conveniences that kind of take history out. But 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now will become history. It's just
2: amazing. And even some of the stories we had up on the Santa Fe Trail where some of the people were talking, literally going through the state of Kansas, where some of the wagon trains in like, I want to say the 1830s, 40s, which weren't the really big ones that came later, where some of the people who kept diaries were talking about buffalo herds. They thought in excess of 10,000 people over oh, the horizon, 10,000 buffalo wow. over the horizon. Wow. I mean, that must have been That's incredible huge. to see something like that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. 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 Because to find a buffalo and see a buffalo today, you're looking at a, park or a zoo or you know. Yellowstone.
1: There's some areas, there's some parks we've been to with Buffalo but I mean still it's still not what it was But they're not wild
0: and free so much. Yellowstone they are. Yeah. To a point.
1: To a point but yeah when they're just part of the landscape and to be taken back there. What what was your feelings in, in regards to how photos were taken at the fort of, I mean, did did you get to see photos of the people like we were talking about a little bit before, but what was, what is that like? I mean, you're talking about those big box cameras and stuff like that. So that's, yeah, I mean, did the military do it to document? And then there, it wasn't like, it's more documentation, right? when, when Yes was I, I think
2: they might have done that, but there was also a photographer by the name of Jackson who was very important to the Yellowstone uh, documenting that, mm-hmm. who also did a lot of photography of the wagon trains mm-hmm. of the southwest. and some of those pictures are actually used on their displays as you walk around the fort itself. And in those days, when you have the box camera, which, believe it or not, I still have one of those, Mm, (laughs) which I haven't used before, Um, I mean, that is a super time-consuming effort to not only carry that around, but to set it up
1: and Mm -hmm. knowing,
2: you know, on a good day, if you took three to five pictures, that was a lot of pictures, and you hope Mm -hmm. that, everybody was where you wanted them and you would have to tell people not to walk around for like 30 seconds because of how long exposures were back then. I mean for for the conditions they were under they have a a good set of very good photographs showing exactly Mm. what that fort looked like in its prime.
0: Mm. My grandmother on my mom's side used to paint black and white photos into color photos for kodak that was her job yeah Yeah, and so i was like oh man, this is cool because she showed me once her set of paints and i'm like no way i had no idea that some of the color photos were actually had painted yes yeah it's amazing you know when you think about it that, you know, now we're used to, oh, you know, get your camera out or your cell phone and there's your color photo. But way back right. then, yeah, they, they were hand-painted.
2: You yeah, had your black sure. and
0: white It's amazing. I find it amazing. I really do.
2: In fact, in a lot of high school graduation photos from the 1950s, that's how the final photographs were presented to people who bought the packages. Those were hand-painted or hand-colored uh, photographs, black and white, you know, as the latest 1950s. Wow, uh, cool. this is Go cool. granny. Yeah, yeah, no.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, when you think about the stages of photography, I mean, I mean, when you were in school, Jim, did you ever think you'd be walking around with a phone taking photographs?
2: I mean, yeah. Absolutely that was a- not. In fact, when digital first came out and I used to use a photo um, center around here in Northern Virginia, um, I kept saying, well, should I be buying? And he goes, no, no, no. It's, it's going to be a while before you get decent prints. And then all of a sudden, oh. within a short span of time, I went in there one mm-hmm. day and the guy said to me, I want to show you some prints in the back that were taken with a digital camera. And I don't remember which camera it was. But he had shown oh. me some twenty by thirty prints of film oh. and digital, and you could hardly tell a difference whatsoever. And he says, "Now's the time to buy digital."
0: Wow! So, yeah. see, and this is this is interesting because when you listen to a CD versus an LP, I'm really going back, right. so dating myself. LP always sounded warmer to me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I was just thinking about the cameras. Is is the old age camera warmer in tone than what we have now on a cell phone, or is it mm-hmm. pretty much accurate? Which one is accurate? You know. Well, what I
2: think winds up winning it, at least in my mind, for the digital, and even to the point of a cell phone, is there's so much. Unbelievable software that uh-huh. you can take a very oh, mediocre yeah. photograph and wind up making it look like mm-hmm. some famous photographer took it and yeah. you, you may not have had a lot to do with the final result other than running it through the software but that's created this whole other explosion of people now uh-huh. who do take a lot of photographs and fix them up in in the software packages so that you can replicate, yeah. I think, uh, anything you could put on film, you could make it look Ooh. the same exact way with a digital camera. Um, right. The big difference, people take so many more photographs now than they ever would with a film camera. Right. Oh, right. for sure. But,
1: but for sure. you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, it's still, how many photos do you want to take of the same, you know, it's like you still... Because otherwise your time is just sifts and sift and sift through photos. And yeah. I know, cause I'm still terrible about that. Like, cause I always, mm-hmm. I get paranoid. I'm like, you never know if, if you can't come back. And, you know, you always mm-hmm. think, Oh, we'll always could be able to circle back around. You know what? Things change. Right. Pandemics mm-hmm. happen David. or um, natural disasters, right? How many photos do right. I have of places that got nailed by fire or hurricanes mm-hmm. and, you know there's all kinds of reasons why to take it when you can and it may Absolutely. not be the best lighting you know but, but you know we've had so many like photographers on the show and they're just like take the damn photo take it well but, yeah, it's true but learn but learn to take it as best you can
2: right because still right.
1: otherwise I mean how much space do you want how much storage space do you want of the same photo hundred photos? You, it is about getting your composition right at least if you have to change lighting mm-hmm. you can but you're right even the software stuff that is there there's an art form to that I mean I know photographers yeah. they have a certain style with their coloring they have a certain style of what they do with it and it's an art it is an art it's an art taking it is a photo. there's some photos that look like paintings by the time people are yeah. done with them the photographers are done yeah. and I think that is yeah. still art because it's it's you're still learning lighting and color and um yeah i mean you can take people out of photos which is fun
0: (laughs) it's a good thing in history like we have in our storage unit like 50 60 thousand slides of africa in different places that we lived in africa and i know now when you watch tv programs and you see the difference like when when i first went to africa um you would get 20 species at the watering hole and take a photo of it. Ten years later, you go to the same watering hole, and you might get three different species. Wow. Yeah, mm. so there's a huge historic difference. It really does tell a story of who we are and what we are doing. Mm-hmm. It
2: really, right. really does. Yeah. Would well, you like have it. a historic, valuable photograph there, then?
1: Yeah, I mean, she's got photos yeah, of Mount Kilimanjaro with actual snow on it. You know, yeah. Um, what it's now is is, I mean, it still gets mm. snow, but it's it climbs. Not like it and,
0: used to. Not it, like it used different. to.
1: Yeah. In fact, you could and, see you and, can see
0: rainbows off the snow, depending on what time of day you were photographing.
1: Wow.
2: There
0: were yeah. Now that oh man, I want to go to our storage unit.
1: I know it's It's, and then you digitize them and then I threw a bunch of photos before we were on the tour because of digital you know digital cameras weren't doing Mm. high def right and so then if you look at old photos now there's things you can do then there weren't and I was like well that's a waste it's out and now I'm Mm -hmm. like I really wish I kept some because I had some really good photos of certain places and parks and stuff and I'm like that was really dumb, like to just toss them. Yeah. Like that was dumb. And so I think right. we always have to kind of realize that there's always going to be something new on the
2: horizon. So don't throw it away. Oh, yeah.
1: Don't throw yeah. it away. Mm-mm.
2: Mm-mm. Actually, I was no a high school uh, and newspaper photographer. And believe it or not, I still have original black and white negative films from my high school that I still have in storage. Wow. wow and you how know that cool. value?
1: that value in awesome. history for people you know doing family yeah. history now and stuff like that that is that yeah. is valuable you know yeah I have, right. friends, I have friends who have actually found through connecting on like ancestry.com and stuff like that somebody had purchased a, a an antique frame and i had a photo inside it in an antique store kind of thing or you know market uh-huh. or antique thing. and she and it turned out to be her grandfather or great grandfather in this photo. That's crazy. That's and crazy. they oh, connected gosh. through ancestry.com. And she's like, I finally have a photo. And she didn't know that side oh. of her family. And it matched right. up. Their oh. names were on the back because back in the day, you know, things were written in the Bible, mm-hmm. written on the back of the photos. And yeah. so she was able to have this piece of history and do a whole other section of family history because of this one photo that somebody mm-hmm. says, Hey, I saw this posted here. Mm-hmm. I think I have a photo of your your great-grandfather. I mean, that's insane. That's, that's crazy. Insane. That That's why I said those is. kind of the value is, mm-hmm. and I think what you did at Fort Union and, and your other battlefields and historic sites, there is there is something about connecting with your family. I mean, I think there's a weird genetic thing we have in us as human beings that we know other family members have been there just because, Nancy and I end up going places. Have a strong pull to go somewhere, thinking it's the park, the nature, and then we'll find out our family has been there. Like it's weird. Yeah. It's happened it's all over. Really
0: us. odd.
1: Very yeah, odd, even from from California to Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean it's weird, and it just keeps and happening. But it's if you look at birds migrate to specific places, like an oriole family will keep coming to the same house mm-hmm. year after year after yeah. year, and even if climate change happens they it'll maybe alter a little bit in timing right so I feel Uh like we have this as human beings and as Uh we start to really get into our history you know going to a place like Fort Union if you had Mm -hmm. somebody who served in Fort Union you want to go there I mean what if that cannon was the one that your great 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 grandfather shot off or something and you can actually touch that cannon or see it and be mm-hmm. really get a there's nothing connection. like that like it's a that connection. connection but to mm-hmm. even if well. it's the photos that you're doing they can have a sense of that family because a lot of people go through forts are like many cities i mean yeah that's a i yeah i wonder if they get mm. a lot of people there for genealogy
2: you know Um, That I don't know. Uh, They were just, as we were leaving, this is their pickup of a lot more visitors than they were bringing on three new Rangers. So, um, and of course, it's Mm. just a short distance by 25. So uh, I think they have a much stronger season in in the middle of the summer. Uh, Plus they bring Mm -hmm. the preservation people back in to do a lot of the fixing up of the buildings and restructuring the, the walls and everything. So, they were really getting pumped up about the, the upcoming season for them. Mm, That's cool. Yeah.
1: Well, they're in your center, too. And in the summer, mm-hmm. like May, June, is where um, you know, a lot of Europeans come over and do those kind of park circuits. I mean, you I know you belong yeah. to all those park Facebook groups like I do, and you know, and you see these groups and people are like, I'm going from here, is it worth it? I'm always yes. <laughs> yes, I don't right. care what it is. Yeah. Yes, do right. it. You know, you see people like, oh, is this park worth it? It's like, yes, and it's about changing your yes. mind, too, you know? It's yeah, about drawing and learning. Yeah.
2: And, and that's how we wind up also finding out about different parks, different places. There was another mm. place just a short distance from Fort Union that one of the artists had told us at the artist talk that night, and she said, well, this is called, and I, I have the name wrong, Rio del something. And it was about 14 miles away, and it was run by the Bureau of Fish and Wildlife. Hmm. And they had set up on this area. Uh, they had reinstituted a buffalo herd. Wow. Oh. And people hmm. at the park hadn't heard of it yet. So wow. when you make oh yeah, when you make the connections, it really opens up a whole other avenue of things you can go see and do. Mm. I love awesome. this. I
1: love that you get these opportunities to dig in, you know, and I think mean that's yes. what the residencies are about, is to dig in. And and, and I yeah. want to tell people, you know, the National Parks Arts Foundation, you could be a dancer, a poet, a filmmaker, a crochet, yeah. you know, artist, you know, textiles, <laughs> pottery. I mean, it doesn't, and digital art, there's so mm-hmm. many um New modes, Classics. singers, songwriters. Yeah. I mean, these residencies are open to artists of all mediums and genres and, and sensibilities. And um, it's really worth doing. How many residents have you done? Because I know you've done to, with others too. How many have you done now, Jim, do you think?
2: At the National Parks, that was my 11th. Wow.
1: Wow. Wow. So where's next? Do you have a next one? Or are you hanging out in your in your area?
2: Um, for the time being, we're hanging out. Uh, I think I have about three other outstanding applications that haven't been responded to for 2023. And I'm sort of picking out one or two uh, that I'd really like to go do in 2024. My goal is to do average one per year until I'm 100. Oh, cool. Well, right on. I did it. I did awesome. it. Awesome. I like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, right mm-hmm. now, I mean, it's just when you see, I mean, NPAF, are there ones that you haven't applied for that you want to, or is there any park in specific from the NPAF roster of, um, of residencies that you'd like to go and do that you haven't done yet?
2: Um, I would like to do, but I'm not sure. Um, some of the parks do not allow your spouse to come. Ah. Um, oh. Because I'll- Issues. And I don't know uh, if that would be an issue, too, that I think uh, with mm. National Arts Foundation that do allow the spouses are the one in Hawaii and I believe the other one in the dry tortugas. Those would be mm. two near the top of the list.
1: Yeah, and they do mm. allow spouses both of, for both of those residencies. Yeah, that's and I think that is unique. And I think it's smart, you know, because... You know, well, your yeah. partner is a partner in helping right. so that it, there's mm-hmm. a help with that and, and an experience and a creative connection. Well, and try to, too, because you have to have someone with you. You can't go solo because but it's, double, it's
0: double the pair of eyes, it's double yeah. the feeling, it's double the sensibilities, it's double everything. If you get to, two times. Yeah, like some for you want to be
1: completely alone, though. Some artists are like, leave me alone. I'm going, I'm going in. Yes. But like Dry because I know for a fact, you have to have a second person just because you are on off grid on a remote island, loggerhead key, on, on the middle of the ocean. I think that is so cool. And then dry, Hawaii volcanoes, I mean, we call it the art house. The art b mm. the house is like, they've got a recording studio, dance floor. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome, I want to go. Um me too. And, and the people that have gone just keep coming back and going, mm-hmm. it's so cool to see the change of lava as these, you know, mm-hmm. volcanoes erupt. And you always think about volcano eruptions as being ancient history. You know, there's just that feeling. Mm. That right. When you are a kid, they're like, this volcano happened, and you know, and yet it's happening now. And you can right. still be part of that. It's amazing. Like Lisa, yeah. where were we? Where there's it's
0: all lava. And then there's a daisy growing out of
1: the lava. Yeah, no, we've done a lot of lava places. Um, meteor, meteor, um, not meteor, crater. we've done meteor crater, and that's weird. Um, but the lot, we've done like Flagstaff area has a lot of volcanic kind of stuff. But um, Oregon, there's Newberry National Monument, and it's a volcano. And you can see all the lava, the uh, basalt or basalt, however you want to say it. And there's trees and flowers growing out of it. And then you go down the road, and it's part of the National Forest Service, and there's the obsidian fields. And I'm not kidding, and I climbed up to the top of this hill to look down, and there's this beautiful crystal blue lake. It started snowing on us, and the hills have these big black bumps, like the hill going down to the lake, and it's huge pieces of obsidian. And you're walking through this field of, I mean boulders it looks like giant pieces of shiny licorice i wanted i got hungry and i mean just hiking through there i'm like i found candy land you know it, it was just how did this i mean this is amazing and the elements were so rough in its high desert oregon you know right. and then and then there's one out in mojave uh mojave trails national monument just outside like it's right off route 66 by uh in the town of Amboy, which is a gas station and a motel and a burger place, um, very historic oh, wow. and cool to go to. Um, it's, so it's north of uh, Joshua Tree National Park. So a lot of people do this. It's Amboy Crater. And it, I mean, it's just, we went in spring, like we were there this time of year in um, during the pandemic when everything got shut down. In fact, we, we got turned around at Joshua Tree and we were filming tent caterpillars eating their way out of their cocoons and so we wanted to go back and see what was going on like it's oh they're creepy man that's a sci-fi thing right there um and so then we got (laughs) turned away because we wanted to do like a daily you know what happened with the caterpillars and and you I mean I was filming them with their mandibles like gunk gunk they were just chewing their way out man just like packets of caterpillars everywhere and it was it it is like a sci-fi movie but Anyway, they turned everyone down because everybody were no one was allowed to go anywhere. You know, we were all shut in. And so we went, we went to Amboy Crater again, which is now part of Mojave Trails. And there's these huge chunks of lava and wildflowers and verbena growing between the chunks of lava and and daisies, like Nancy was saying, you know, marigold, uh marigold, desert marigolds. And I'm like, it's wild. And I just I I just you go to these places and nature astounds you and knowing that people lived among this you know in these right, rough right.
2: places just blows my mind you know
1: okay. hmm.
2: it, it really is amazing to to ponder what people went through to get to these places years and years ago when they're first exploring and and you know, all of america and north america just yeah. just amazing it, it,
1: it truly it truly truly is and um i i love that you keep doing parks hopefully we'll get to meet you in person when we're going to be back east we're on our way um from lubbock we start heading east and then north up a little bit we're going to go to maryland so that's kind of close isn't it i think it yeah, is yeah that's um, really close yep we'll be well i don't we're still we're i don't think dc will happen for us we're still like i don't know someone has to like drive us around because I don't know about that all all I know is we always get lost in Manassas and we haven't been to the battlefield yet but we get lost up there very easily (laughs) um okay if you get lost you have my number I
2: think you you could yeah I'm gonna call Jim
1: we're we're in the middle of a battlefield and I can't pronounce it (laughs) that's how it is but but um yeah no I think it's it's fantastic and uh Best of luck on the next set of applications you've set out to send out to people Um, any I always want to go this with you because you've done so many of them. Um, Any tips for people artists and musicians writers, you know, um, applying and looking to apply maybe especially for their first time for residency, any tips to get them to, um, to just go for it man, (laughs) do it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean you've got to convince yourself mentally that there's going to be a lot of applications in, in most cases, and do the best you can, and then you just have to be very persistent and expect to, you know, reapply because once you've done it two, I say two or three times, most park applications are very similar. The the unique part is you've got to give five or six examples of your best work. And you've got to write out an explanation of why you specifically want to come to that park and why that park is so important for you to get one of the residents in. And once you kind of get that together, um, you know, you can apply for eight or 10 a year. And if you get one a year, you're doing really well. And once you start it, it becomes somewhat addictive because like you said, there's just so many Unique opportunities when you get to the park between behind-the-scenes tours and the rangers giving you information and the local communities in, interested in it. It's it's just sort of a priceless experience. I
1: love it. I love it. I know that's why we can't stop. I mean, we're on the road full-time playing parks, and um, it's. I mean, it just you. I, the world gets so big. You know when you go yet so small at the same time when you when you start really getting into it you know the
2: right
1: it it, it it is just like wow this is far bigger than what i thought like this world is big and then yet it's so you get so connected so it feels small and, and then you start to realize how everything is connected like the civil war in the southwest people don't think about it and part even the civil war almost came part of it ending was because of um the bascom affair that happened in a fort south of that and um uh, Fort uh not Fort Churchill, Fort Fort Bowie, uh down in southern Arizona. And so this uh, was a huge part of the effort. And people look at me like, no, the civil war is only like the north and the south. I'm like the southwest played a well, role, make no mistake. Um right. it's 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 just different, you know. And um those forts tell stories. Forts are fascinating.
2: Yeah. They really they, do. They certainly are. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well awesome Jim thank you so much for joining us everyone again Jim's website is photo the National Parks Arts Foundation go to their site uh, national parks and uh, it is a great place to go look at their different um, applications, their different uh, residencies. If you're an artist, uh, but I also work with people who um, are philanthrop-, uh, philanthrop I can't say it, Nancy. Philanthropy, <laughs> philanthropic. <laughs> philanthropic. Thank you. Um, yeah. is, you know, because they really do work on donations and partnerships, and um, and then also if you're a destination, a community um, who wants to be part of the program and maybe have a residency, I definitely check out the website because. Um, what like what Jim has done, his photos will go all around the world, and That's that awesome. is something that promotes your region too. So, there's um good tourism marketing in this too. I'm just saying, don't you think, Nancy? With well, that, going. and
0: and I just like anything that puts history forward mm-hmm. because it's such a difficult subject to teach and to be taught to, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. it, you know,
0: but yet. Yeah, It's how humanity learns to better itself.
1: Mm, That's right. That's right. So everyone again, nationalparksartsfoundation.org. And then Jim, uh, you're on Facebook and on Instagram, right? Those are the two best places?
2: Correct. Correct. That's good.
1: Cool, cool. cool. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. And everyone, again, we are here every first Friday talking about parks and art. Uh, you can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com.